June 8th, 1997. Con Air made $24 million on its debut weekend, which is about $10,000 for everyone killed or injured in Las Vegas after they didn't shoot down the plane. Hansen's Mbop was all over the radio. Who would have thought it was all about heroin? The Red Wings celebrated their 4-0 sweep of the Philadelphia Flyers, giving the people of Detroit something to celebrate in the years between the last Pistons chip and Eminem. Meanwhile, in Providence, Rhode Island, Hunter Hearst Helmsley faced Mankind in the finals of King of the Ring. By diddly-do-squat, this is Hell in a Cell Phone. Welcome to another episode of Hell in a Cell Phone, the podcast where we attempt to make sense of the Attitude Era of WWE 20 years later. I'm Aaron Benoit, and I'm joined as always by recently moved Bobby Hankinson. That is true. I am recently moved. Yeah, from Sunset Park to Prospect Heights. Getting to, it's my apartment glow up that I've been waiting for. <laughs> and recently married Eric Silver. Thank you. Well, no, I want to hear more about the move. <laughs> it was It was not, the food wasn't as good as your wedding. I will say that much. I will say you that really much. had the big change in your life. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I I did it. Well, is anything different? What, being married? Yeah. I have more soda in my house. <laughs> uh, I have a lot of leftover um, seltzer, a lot of leftover tonic. Not the band, but uh, tonic water. <laughs> the uh, leftover tonic did not not look like Louis C.K., right? Oh, I don't. I don't think I ever looked at images of him. Hold on, I'm tapping the research department. But yeah, I have. I have. I mean, right now, our the Helena cell phone studios is a little bit crowded, with um. Okay, uh, a little of, bit, a little bit. A young alt rock Louis C.K. who probably at least consensually oh, he masturbates. Definitely took in his front dick of, out at some point. Yeah. You're in tonic. Why else do you start tonic? <laughs> you don't got a lot of time. You're not here for a long time, but you are here for a good time. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're 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 uh, recording among uh, multiple cases of Coke, a cola, uh, feds, <laughs> and uh, some Sprite, a bunch of a bunch that of champagne. Like, that sounds like you're in like eighth grade and you get your friends over. Mom, we're doing Coke. <laughs> A cola. <laughs> I think that's what I was doing while I was watching this pay per view. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way to stay Originally awake. In oh, doing Coke? Coca-Cola. A cola. Get out of here, Mom. And we're going back to the summer of love in 1997 this time around. It's funny you bring up tonic because when I think summer 97, my mind immediately goes to, as I'm sure it goes for all of you, the HF Festival. The what? The HF Festival. I don't, I don't know. WHFS was a, a radio station out of Bethesda, Maryland. And it was actually like a really cool story. They recently did a documentary about the station back in the 60s. It was one of the like the first freeform radio stations out there where they were just like playing whatever the fuck they wanted to. And um, I haven't watched it, but I heard it's good. But every summer they would put on a big concert. And so that was kind of like the summer kickoff for us every year okay everyone would go to macy's because that was where the Ticketmaster outlet was and there would be a line wrapped around the annapolis mall of all people trying to get their hf festival tickets but i was a rich lad with a father with a job that got free tickets so i didn't have to deal with the rabble like the common wait was this because he was working with like budweiser, with budweiser yeah and Fucker. so he did a lot of 
uh, radio station advertising and stuff like this. Oh man! But the lineup this year. First, we had we had hometown heroes, the Dismemberment Plan, and Jimmy's Chicken Shack on the outer stage, along with Soul Coughing, Case Choice, Real Big Fish, Third Eye Blind, Ben Folds Five, and the Squirrel Nut Zippers. Wow, a lot going on on the outside stage. And then on the Soul Coughing was that was I would have. I was really into Case Choice. And on the inner stage, we had the Cardigans, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, Kula Shaker, Blondie, the Verve Pipe. Luscious Jackson, Local H, Echo and the Bunnymen, Jamiroquai, Beck, and the Prodigy. That does sound like an amazing festival. That was really good. Yeah, really. that was like, and every year it was like, oh shit, when they were when they were going to announce the bands, everyone was tuned to HFS all day, and they would like trickle them out one by one. I would and go to that concert with that lineup now today. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would go see all those bands today. I don't know if I care about the Verve Pipe, but uh, <laughs> I want to hear the song or, yeah. or Prodigy. But ooh, far I pay. Yeah. yeah, are they dead? One is. So it's a, a the member. Twisted Fire starter died earlier this year. Oh, right. He did. Well, you know, he played with fire. <laughs> Starting. Uh, was 97 technically known as the Summer of Love? It was to me. Oh, okay. I didn't... I, didn't, did <laughs> I don't you... think Eric fully un- will get the reference. You'll get it maybe in the next step or <laughs> the one after. Yeah. Um, I got my first condom at the festival that never got used. Nice, uh, that part was applied. <laughs> is it still in your wallet? <laughs> I... <laughs> I wanted to find I wanted to find the lineup to the to this fest like with like the show the set times and make you guys guess which bands I went to go see. So I went into my my memory box, which is a thing that I actually have. Same with, with like every concert. I have sub, a basket. Like every concert sub I've ever been had, and um, all like the notes between my friends that we passed in high school. Wait, guys, do we have a night we all just bring our memory boxes together? <laughs> Deep in our friendship, and I'll be like, "This is what you miss." And literally down at the bottom of this, I found it's it's an HFS condom that was in like a matchbook kind of thing with little sperms around the HFS logo. Nice, this guy's really knew how to design it. This is what this is for. It's for stopping your sperms. (laughs) But yeah, uh, May of '97 into June of '97, I was a pretty happy kid. All right. Yeah, because you got the fucking free hookup. Um, what was 97? Oh, you know what? I might have gone to the Tibetan Freedom Show that year. Uh, the one in D.C.? No, the one in Randall's Island. Oh, okay. Because D.C. was a few years after Where that. that lineup was like Rancid, Bjork, uh, Beastie Boys, obviously. I don't remember. <laughs> obviously. Obviously. It was their thing. Blur. Yeah. Yeah. I went to a lot, of, a lot of shit going on there. I went to the surviving members of the BC Boys. Just did a thing at King, King's Theater a few weeks ago. Yeah, it was the longest night of my life. Yeah, you sent that around, and I was like, "Wait, this this isn't a concert." <laughs> I like read concert. the fine print, and I was like, "This sounds terrible to <laughs> it's me." It's not a concert. It was cool when they were telling stories, but they told a lot of stories over three hours, and they they took our phones. So, whoa, boy. Anyway, I think around this time there was I have a very vivid summer memory of and I feel like it was it had to be the summer of 97, probably around this time. I was having a sleepover at Dan Isaacson's house. Is it Isaacson, uh, not Isaacson? It's Isaacson. That's weird. Um and <laughs> Take he, Dan Isaacson. I mean it just I don't know. All the boys at sleepover were going to watch Scream. And as you guys know, you I'm famously not into horror movies. movies. Yeah. So instead, they all watched Scream. And this is one of those houses where they had like the little 13-inch TV in the kitchen. 
You know what I mean? Yep. So it was one of those houses. Oh, so man. I what sat was it? in the Did, kitchen. What was the movie? What was the movie? Well, no, I sat in the kitchen and watched Raw. Like, it, oh, was, okay. it was summer vacation. It was a Monday night, and I sat there, and I was like, I'm going to go upstairs for two hours by myself then and watch wrestling with no one. I was uh, assuming except... you were up there watching, like, the first Wives Club. I thought, you know, yeah, I, I literally thought it was like you were going to watch, like, um, a Disney movie But or I something. was hanging out with Mrs. Isaacson the entire time. <laughs> was she into Raw? No, she was not. She was asking questions. She was, she was in the kitchen. She, she probably was like, was like, go away. I feel bad about this child. I should, I guess, talk to him while yeah. he's watching. Yeah, it was probably like not I, one of my cooler moments. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, there was nothing cooler than watching an R-rated movie at a sleepover. Like, there was one sleepover where we watched Steven Seagal's Out for Justice, Jean-Claude Van Damme's Bloodsport, and The Lawnmower Man. Wow. Three That's a lot I've of nudity. <laughs> that, I mean, that's what it's all about. Yeah. The Steven Seagal frontal nude? No. I don't think he did that. <laughs> Looking at boobs with other young men. Oh, yeah. You just all watch it together. <laughs> I remember in high school, we did like a, oh, God, this is embarrassing. We oh, did wow. like a, a poker porn and something, like pot night or something like that. We basically like played poker and watched porn together. Which Watching is a, porn with other people is a thing teenagers do. It's a weird thing. It's it a is. weird thing you do. As yeah. a, and, and like, I just remember at one point just being like, wait, I, why are we doing this? Everyone gets re- really quiet. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, uh, I don't know. This feels like something we yeah, shouldn't be. It seems like a great idea for six minutes until you press play. And then it's like, nope. Oh, I thought you meant for Ooh. six minutes into watching it. And you're <laughs> like, well, what do I do with this um, thing? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's really funny until it's not. Because <laughs> like the setup is always very funny. And everyone's like, this is funny. We're all just having a good time. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, everyone, are you sweating? No, I'm not sweating. Are you sweating? And yeah. Like, People start excusing themselves at different times. Well, it's great that we're having all this fun, but we have like three hours and 15 minutes worth of oh, WWF content we true. need to get that's through true. tonight. And a lot of it is garbage. But it's before so we get to that, um, it has been one year of WWF programming that we have reviewed here. Yeah. So I was thinking, Eric, do you have any kind of like observations or any kind of like epiphanies that this is, has drawn to you over the past like months of, of watching all these wow um what you told me asked me this prior to this episode well i did say at the end of the last episode that we were going to do this this time around Shit. well maybe if you had edited the last few episodes yeah it's been on your honeymoon yeah sorry <laughs> i was in mexico blah being Eating selfish lobster pizza lobster pizza it looks so fucking good i wanted to reach to my phone and kill you it's so good um, well, this doesn't have to just be Eric. Bobby, is there anything that you're noticing on rewatch? Because I think it's going to be the same thing that I am. Probably. There are things, obviously, I think the in-ring product is not, like, the actual, like, work rate and the performance physically is not as good in a many regards in a lot of the things we're watching. But it's, like, when it's good, it's very, very good. Yeah. Like, the things that are good that are working, and a lot of them are on display in the stuff we're going to talk about in this episode – uh, it's phenomenal. It's better than it's miles beyond the stuff we're seeing on programming today, in terms of like what being well written and compelling and making you want to tune in week to week. And just so you know, when we're recording this, they just premiered the twenty four seven belt last night. Bobby is shuddering. I'm Bobby so is rubbing his forehead. Mad about the twenty four seven belt. We don't have to go into it. That's yeah. I haven't. I haven't watched it yet. You you don't have to watch this week, Eric. You really oh, don't, man. It's, it's oh, I think like I have to because everyone needs to know. I need to know what's going on. Anyway, I need to catch anyway. up. Um, yeah, so some thoughts I had. Um, I guess to echo what Bobby was saying, I do feel like there's something cool about these, which is that it's cool to see 
um, the beginnings of like what has become lore and especially to see that transition because it really still looks like you're in a VW hall most mm. of the time, but they're doing like crazy ass shit. And like you have some amazing performances. So you get this like, you know, we, we haven't gone to a lot of indie shows, right? No. But every time I've gone to an indie show, I've been like, this is dope. It's so much fun. And this is the closest I've ever felt to being at an indie show while watching through TV, if that makes sense. Yeah. Or at least to, to getting that feeling of like a grittiness and like uh, it, it's, it lacks a lot of polish, but there's a lot of really like it's cool to see um, like where all of the edges are because like now the product we watch now is extremely um, – I don't know what's the best way to it's put like it. It's like slick. It's very slick. It's very produced. Like, like almost overly focused, grouped. Like you right. Can, like, you can, yeah. You can, you can kind of see all the points that they're hitting. Whereas with this, it's like, just like I don't know. Some shit's gonna happen. We don't even know if it's gonna be good. Like one of the matches in this, I, I literally wrote like I don't really understand why this match is happening, but it was an amazing match to watch. And like. It, it it was just a lot of I mean you've, you've been saying like it, it was them throwing stuff at the wall and yeah. seeing what sticks but like it's really really fun to see them not hold anything sacred at all there's also a thing there's a testament to like what they're doing considering I think that we're watching most of these now without watching the majority of what's happening between pay-per-views like we're yeah. watching some of the right. important clips but we're not we don't know the intricacies of the story so we're kind of going into this and it's a credit to the performers and you know production and editing for their packages but mostly honestly the performers to like tell these stories that are still making us feel emotionally invested and in, in when it's very good yeah i also say this is the first repeat right that we have mm -hmm. so we had king of the ring 96 and now we're at 97 there's a there's a, a world of difference mm -hmm. right like it, like i mean you still have the weird squires <laughs> i had those, I had in those my too. Notes too. uh and you still have like the chiron that looks like it's meant to be like a medieval tapestry yeah, yeah. <laughs> so bad but like all the other stuff i mean like there's they're really there it, it wasn't necessarily all good all the way through but there wasn't a lot of silliness no no it's going to be a much edgier serious more adult oriented product that that's like that's what the attitude is all about and we're seeing it and more and zero more. godwins there was no god oh my god here. no godwins no sunny oh it's like a it's almost it's like a breath of fresh air not breath to have not to have like a gimmick wrestler in there i mean i guess they sort <laughs> like, of like there were like six gimmick wrestlers in here. there were but yeah but well, like it was but not but not like the i'm the wrestling hillbilly or I'm right. the wrestling chiropractor how is there never a wrestling chiropractor I don't know. That'd be going to do a lot of backbreakers. Yeah. Cause he did a lot of his oh, moves, a lot of submission good. moves. I mean, that's kind of like, it's like, that could be a gimmick for Roderick Strong if he really wanted it. Um, but yeah, no, I, it, it's, it's definitely more interesting now. I don't know. It's cool. Well, let's get into it. King of the Ring 1997. Opening narration. Uh, I have for it. Well, I didn't, I didn't watch, I, I watched it, and then we, I watched the Raw that we were supposed to talk about. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what I wrote was, wait, this is confusing. <laughs> <laughs> like, it sound, I was like, it sounds like Stone Cold and, HB, and HBK are fighting each other, which they are. Yeah. But then it's like, these two men will put aside their 
there are differences to tag team. It's like, no, 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 that was that was the that was the raw where they decided to tag team. I don't know why they decided to tag team. It's just a mutual the Heart Foundation is like the primary antagonist. To remove power from of, the Heart they're, Foundation. They're they're the ones basically the enemy of my enemy is my friends kind of yeah. logic. And we saw in was it the last one where uh, HBK showed up with the chair and yeah. helped fend off uh, the Heart Foundation from Austin? Ye- yes. Because Austin fought Owen. No, in the it, last it, one? It, was it Austin think, or was it? Um, I thought it was uh, Ahmed or Ahmed. I can't remember now. Jeez. Oh, but yeah, it was Cut something. Yeah, there was a Heart <laughs> Foundation thing. Wait, mm. real quick, I want to talk about the graphic on the screen, which is the King of the Ring promotional poster where we see Austin Shawn Michaels who did fight each other, and then we see Undertaker. And then we see Ahmed Johnson, who was eliminated in the semifinal match, didn't even make the finals. Yeah. Undertaker did fight Farouk. Do we think that Ahmed Johnson is there on purpose, or do we think someone confused Ahmed Johnson for Farouk? True. This is a real question. What What do we think? Because I'm leaning. I'm leaning towards the latter. Me too. Because why else would Ahmed Johnson be on that poster? He was eliminated in the what semifinal if, match. What if? I mean, like. It could also have been an artistic choice that maybe Farouk didn't put, didn't have like as good of a promo photo. Or maybe it was like a misdirect making people think that maybe Ahmed Johnson was the, the favorite to win. I mean, Ahmed Johnson was very popular. We'll talk about that in a second too. <laughs> but... Yeah, why don't we get right to that then? Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's... Uh, I will say um, the music, the opening music was dope. Tonight will be a night of firsts. For the first time, two reigning tag team champions will put their gold aside to wage war against one another. But this is no ordinary tag team, and these are no ordinary combatants. Both men are looking for respect from an unlikely source, a partner. For the first time, we may see an African-American as WWF champion, but Farouk is not going into battle alone. He has the support of a nation. A nation he has manipulated into believing its existence is predicated solely on this victory. A victory that must come at the hands of a vulnerable undertaker whose haunting past has forced an unlikely reunion with Paul Bearer. For the first time, one of these men will become king of the ring and to the victor will go the spoils. Tonight will be a night of firsts as Super Soaker presents the 1997 King of the Ring. Super Soakers. Yeah. I did. The Super Soaker with the triple beam that like yes, opened up. that you like have to move with your hand. Oh man. As WWE, as watching WWE as a kid, it was just like all, every Super Soaker and Nerf iteration you could possibly imagine being like, I want every single one. I want Super Soakers now. Yes. I want Super Soakers now too. I want us to all get together this summer and have a big yes, water yes, gun fight. Yes, I yes, would totally yes, do that. Yes. Do yes, you yes. know, so I actually, so I feel like when you're a kid, you always have that like, that, uh, that, that, fantasy of like one day me and all the kids we're all gonna get super soakers i had a friend in middle school who invited us over to his house and he lived on a dead end and it was like all of us and like i guess what his neighborhood friends and we had a bunch of super soakers and like water balloons and it was like the one time i feel like i ever did anything that was like at the height of kiddom like it was an amazing water, and then he invited you over fight. for trick or trick or treating, and you're just like, and I was oh. like, I'm sorry, I don't beg, you <laughs> fucking poor. Uh, 
No, it was it was amazing and like super. I I still to this day have such fond memories. Not that Super Soaker seemed was maybe a little too gimmicky for me yeah. later. Like I just like the I was a, a purist. I like yeah. the ones where you know you could have a backpack on. Oh, yeah, and you have like you can just kind of pump it. Oh, it so cool. I was essentially like the Black Widow of Super Soakers in the neighborhood, where I would always have like the one big one, but then I would have a bunch of little ones like on my ankles and everything, ah. and be ready to be like pew 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 pew. I was like always. And Tilly would nerf. I always had like the the wrist guard like nerf things <laughs> and stuff. I, just so I, that I you could like, like lull someone into security, and then you would, like just when you thought I was down, I'd you be would like, roll back your Jinko, <laughs> so that you would have one strapped to your ankle. This was pre Janko. This was. But also, whenever you do that, you're always like, okay, now let me lull somebody, because like you can't. You're never actually in a in a position where you're you're where yeah, you're. They were like, just running and screaming. You're just running around, so you just you have to be like, oh, I'm I'm down, and then and then like you just you wait for them to come over. Like we live out a lot of a lot of these fantasies in our head. This is why, if we could just incorporate the lessons of professional wrestling into all of the things that we want to do, like we can just like just have everything we do be a work. It would be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like everyone kind of like does their part to like sell, and mm-hmm. that way it's a mm-hmm. little bit more uh, exciting. Yeah, everybody should just sell everything. This is why done. MMA is so boring to watch, and WWE is so exciting to watch. Yeah. And why The Bachelor and Bachelorette are exciting to watch. Everything's a sell there. Oh, yeah. It's great. Someone says, I love you after knowing them for like three hours. And they're like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And I'm like, <laughs> you should be thinking this person's a creep. Yeah, there's a lot of selling on on the Bachelor in the Bachelorverse. Oh, man. So JR says, if you've ever been to a Super Bowl, if you've ever been to a World Series game, this is exactly the same thing. It's it's the same as a Super Bowl game. Yes. Is, is one of the lyrics, one of the lyrics, one of the words he said, one of his quotes. I do like him saying that Ahmed Johnson is unrefined power. I'm like, that seems right. Because he is a bad wrestler. But also, do you think that's a little bit racial? No, I just think that Ahmed Johnson's a very bad wrestler. Oh, yes, I agree, but... I was reading an interview that he did recently where he... Uh, the interview was probably about, like, five years okay, ago or like something recently. like Or something like that. But he was saying that he wanted to do more of the high-flying stuff, and <laughs> and um, ah. and Shawn Michaels called him to his office, because apparently Shawn Michaels had an office in Titan Towers, and was like, we want you to do more of the power stuff. You're making all of us 180, 200-pound guys look bad. That sounds like an absolute lie. That there's no, I a, no way does that make sense. What is Shawn Michaels' office? Is it? It's probably like a steam room. <laughs> like he probably sits around in a towel with his legs real wide open. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. It's Eastern Promises over there. I loved Hunter and China's outfits. First of all, I love Jr. Listed off a lot of accomplishments by China, like her stats, what she could deadlift, and also she's a licensed boxer. Yeah. Do you get a license for that? Yeah. Oh, I guess. I, guess, I mean, I guess like license? a well. I mean, if you're guess if you're a professional, do you boxer. get a football license? No, no. So only boxing you're probably gets you're probably you a licensed license. by the ABA. I would say uh, boxing is weird because but boxing authority, and we won't get too much into this because it's sports. But yeah, I'm already bored. But um, boxing is weird because it doesn't have a major governing body like all the other major sports do, like Major League Baseball, the NBA, and all that. And so there's all these different promotions out there. Oh, it's like but, how wrestling used to be. But like in in order to to box in Las Vegas, for example, you need to get a license for the state of Nevada to be a boxer because. Of the nature of the sport. Got it. Oh, that's not I as fun. Didn't. I didn't know that fun. either. But I did love while well, we're still in entrances. Um, 
they cut to a kid. I think it was after Triple H was walking down. It was a kid. You know those shirts that everyone had in the 90s? They were button-down shirts that were kind of like color-blocked. And it'd be like a panel of maroon, a panel of white, then like a panel of denim. Yeah. yeah. So I it think was I that just... and a mushroom cut. Like and pie And just, with all of his, like all he could muster, screaming, Ahmed is the best! At it... Triple H as he walked by and I was like... That kid. <laughs> that kid. It was an angry bull cut kid, was it? I think it, it definitely it was a angry bull cut kid. But not the one that I'm convinced grows up to be the guy in the green shirt. I'm not sure. Okay. You have to go back and watch it. I'm telling you, this kid, they, they, they focus on him, and he looks like he came out of an advertisement for, like, um, this is what the 90s was, like, the quintessential 90s kid. Um, but he's just screaming that Ahmed is the best. I did write down that Ahmed seemed very much over with the crowd. Like, yeah, every time he did anything to Triple H, it was just like, Bleh. Like, they loved it. Which was it. weird because he's very bad at what he does. His <laughs> yeah. job, he's bad at Well, he was well, making he looks, everybody look look bad by doing the, great. the high like, like, the look of Ahmed Johnson as a wrestler. Well, if you hate the backs of briefs yeah he's the best you know what they didn't ride up this time oh they did they did <laughs> yes they did oh i thought i thought his butt had was, maybe been sated there was definitely like at least half eaten there was at least one full cheek maybe not both but man and he hit a real ugly spine buster that was like come on well we'll get to this awful awful match in just a second but as they're doing the introductions vince is going through and talking about his backstory and all the things that he had to go through and triple h's backstory and all the things he didn't have to go through and vince mcmahon just does the best description of white privilege i've ever heard from a man who would 100 percent deny that white privilege exists yeah yeah, that yeah. sounds about right. It was a boring this match. This was trash. This it was, was bad. This was utter trash. Can I just say, I feel like Triple H has had a lot of bad matches. That yeah, he seen. was bad at this time. Yeah. He wasn't He's good. He's just not good. Yeah, he wasn't good. Um, none of it's very fun. Um, and then I also wrote, I, I know what they're doing. I understand that this is, they are building something with China by having this happen. But it felt like they just, every, t- every match now, they're just going to go back to the China is a distraction well. Yeah, Which I, yeah, for a while. Until I guess until she starts wrestling men. Mm, I don't know um, because we're gonna have some major changes with this group when with I'm sorry we're gonna have degeneration some ma- X? major changes when um, and I know I know you know about this so when degeneration X forms yeah. But yeah, but it ends with uh, a knee to the back to Ahmed in the corner, which is apparently enough to weaken him to set up the finisher for the worst pedigree that I've ever seen. It was trash. Everything about it was trash. Ahmed's scissor kick was trash. The spine buster he gave him was trash. The knee was stupid. Everything was bad. I I, I think I was looking at other things during this match. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad it's over. You missed nothing. Um, I wanted to also uh, just mention before we go too far in, um, does it feel like King of the Ring is way more festive than WrestleMania in general? Like, it seemed like there was way more pomp and circumstance. Like, WrestleMania was not very impressive when we watched it. Sure. This was it was also I mean, WrestleMania thirteen is also widely regarded as the worst WrestleMania. Oh Um, good. Um and it's at a time where the company is at its worst. And right now we're really this is the attitude era that we saw on on this pay per view and really seeing them throwing a shit ton of money you're watching the Raw week to week now. The set now has a Titantron and all this. Vince McMahon is just pro- must be like 
beg, borrowing, or stealing and getting as much money as he can to put as much into the production design of this show that he can. I well, did know- sell a lot of those $60 inflatable King of the Ring chairs, you guys. <laughs> you saw those at ringside? <laughs> I wanted one so bad as a kid. That's my slimy. Oh, sorry. Damn it. Oh, I didn't even make a slimy. I'll have to think of that. Um, they... They also um, wait. I was I got lost. We were talking about uh, you oh, were talking about production. Oh, the production value. Um, that reminds me that the raw. Like I, I I didn't you know we only were supposed to watch some of the raw, but I started watching the beginning. I was like, holy shit! Like these these intros are so good now. Yeah. Like they're so intense. Yeah, yeah. And let's go to raw because before, before we get to the next match, uh, and the raws in the weeks leading up to this. JR sits down with mankind for a series of interviews. Mwah. This is some of the, this is I we I watched this as it happened week to week when it was when it was on and I was obsessed with it. I remember actually watching parts of it with my grandmother because I was like visiting her and I never missed wrestling because it was pre-DVR. Uh and looking re-watching it, it is up there with it's some of the best things I've ever seen wrestling do. Ever. It is both a, it is a work shoot. Like you would not like, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. He's telling all these real stories and he's mm-hmm. in character. And everything makes sense and everything tracks and all the reasons why he's bitter and why he went crazy and why didn't you pick me when I was younger? I mean, like, oh my god, yeah. it was fucking great. So yeah, let's we're gonna we're gonna stipulate off the bat that we all have said many times that uh, mankind is genius. All of that stuff is yeah. There are so many good things. Um, the, the fucking Shakespearean quote. Well, yeah, I mean, for this guy that we've seen just like from week to week, squeal like a pig, rip his own hair out. And for a long time, like the question of is this person, can he even speak is like, and he is one of the most articulate. Yes. He can paint a picture with his words. Paint as friend and companion. I was eight years old at Minnesaki Elementary School playing a game of kill the guy with the ball, which may even be an Olympic sport these days. And in chasing one of the other students, I I, I made a leap for his legs and the back of his foot kicked me in the lip. And I didn't know what happened. I knew it hurt Jimmy. I knew it hurt bad. But all of a sudden, people started looking at me in a different way, like there was something wrong with me. I looked down at my Chicago Bears back in the days when they were 2-12 and 12 in the waiting days of Dick Butkus. And my Chicago Bears white sweatshirt had suddenly turned red. And children were running from me, scared. And I was bleeding. I was in pain. And I was loving it because I felt like I'd finally found something in my life that I could do better than everybody else. Handle pain. Someone said, oh, that's just vampire blood, and then saw the open wound from which the blood was flowing. I still got that shirt, Jimmy, and I remember thinking, wouldn't it be nice if I could do something in my life where I could do this all the time? get that attention every night stockbrokers can't do it teachers can't do it the president of the united states can't bleed for a living but pro wrestlers can it's the first time that i realized that i had a calling in my life 
and I followed it right down the line. Um, where he's describing the blood on his bear shirt. Yes. When he's talking about the kids throwing the worms at him, and he's talking about picking it up, and was like, "Oh, he ate the worm, didn't he? He ate the worm." And, was, and then I ate the worm. I was like, "Yes, you ate that worm." Yes, and he had worm breath. He he was like an incel. A bombardment of worms. And he was like, "Well, what am I going to do? Throw them back? I have I have to show them that I don't care." So I ate them, but and I developed a taste for them. Even the little things in this, like calling Jim Ross Jimmy, Jimmy. like mm-hmm. that was like I'm getting chills. That's so that was so such a fucking good choice. There was a hearing like, Mrs. Foley's little boy for the first time. <sighs> chills. I have I have goosebumps. And even just like I calling calling the kids that picked at him the click. Like I mean, like just there was. Not a single Ooh, word. Oh, I missed that. Not a word. He called them was the click? Wasted. Yeah, he called like these kids, these clicks. Like uh, it was perfect. Not huh. a word like, was wasted. Like a like, like a Shawn reference Michaels. to yeah. wow. It was I, I, goosebumps. I can't. I keep getting chills just thinking about it. It was so fucking good. Nothing was wasted. It was the best thing. It it, it was, was definitely the better than this entire pay per view. Oh yeah. I mean, there, it was like. <laughs> and here's the thing: when I was watching it. Um, especially the idea that he was just like, like he gave a perfect philosophy for why he's wrestling. Yes. And I think if they were able to, if they could ever take the time with every wrestler, I mean, every wrestler who had the ability to, uh, to articulate that it would be amazing. Cause like how many wrestlers out there where are you like, I don't know what what is your fucking deal? Like, yeah. why is Bray Wyatt doing what he does? Like, what what it does he need to control the world and does he need to do it through wrestling? But like, with <laughs> yeah. With, yeah, so many people whose plots for world domination begin with winning the world championship at the WWE, right? And like, and you're like, okay, sort of, I guess. But like, Mick Foley has a very fucking good excuse. I it it was it was something that accidentally happened to me. I basically rewired my brain so that when people are are scared of me and shocked by me, that is joy and and it's attention that they're paying to me. Let me embrace this and like take I I don't care about the pain. I actually enjoy the pain because the rewards I get. I mean, and he's like, then oh my god, the part where he goes, President of the United States can't do that. Um, like the, the, the post off, the postman can't do that. And he's like listing out all these other jobs. He's like, but a professional wrestler can, can like get hurt and like become famous for getting hurt. I'm like, this is awesome. It it's was, amazing. It was the best thing I've ever seen in wrestling. I mean, like, it's just, it's unbelievable. Yes. Cause it's, it, all I ever wanted was somebody to build the world. Yeah. Just build the world. And that's, that's, they took like what 18 minutes and just like did all that the you know like the dude love stuff was great the cactus jack stuff i mean like it was it's fun to you know it's good to see like the um, you know kind of like how he raised up but they built it all into the character yeah it was just amazing bobby yeah bobby i have to ask young mcfoley could get it yeah yeah. (laughs) i knew it yeah yeah. could get it it. yeah yeah yeah. could get it 100 percent Hundred percent, it's amazing. I mean, uh, I I could I, I want to go home and watch it again because it's just so brilliant. And even 
I love the way they mixed the reality, like his actual story, because the, the whole thing is they're turning a babyface. Like that's the whole reason yeah, for course. doing this whole putting all this oh, effort into right. it. Right? He says he wants to be the underdog. Yeah, he represents the under. He they played cowboys and Indians, and he was oh. he's so woke. I actually, I think it was like, man, mankind is woke. <laughs> right? Was it was like, like the, and the cowboys are raping and pillaging, and I was the underdog, and I was like, oh my god, it's this so, guy is so good. He gets it's it. so he gets, fucking. He gets good. so many things. So good. It was just great. It was it was. Perfect and amazing, and uh, I could not have loved it more. I just love the mix of the reality. They, they're doing a similar thing concurrently. We didn't watch it, but they're doing a, a similar thing with Gold Dust around this time, of like real life sit down interviews that kind of like like the man behind. But it's not nearly as good. Yeah, it's and not on good one enough. of the same episodes of Raw. They like there was a kid, wasn't there? They have a kid, so that's gold. There was their kid. Oh, okay. yeah, they have a kid. I don't know if that. I, I can't remember now, and it's not worth going back and watching, listeners. So don't worry about it. But does mankind have a child at this point? I don't know I, if he does. He said something like, "I would like my son" or whatever. It sounds like he does. But no, I, like, I think he may he may have been talking about like his his you know hypothetical child. His legacy. Future. Yeah, well, I don't know. I know he has because I don't actually I don't know if he has a son though. I know he has a daughter. Like, could you imagine them sitting down with Randy Orton and like being like, "Tell us your story, Randy," and like getting anything about like what? My dad was a wrestler. Yeah, I was a wrestler. Blue Lives Matter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> meth meth isn't bad until like the 15th time you do it who peed in a cup and threw it on him you didn't hear that he was saying that wwf audiences someone peed in a paper cup and threw it at him was that when he was um jack foley cactus jack no well he started as jack foley then he became cactus jack uh, Bobby, I don't know if you know that, but our resident historian. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Go. They said it. I don't know. Um, I don't remember the pee in the cup part. I don't know. By the way, if it weren't for the fact that it's like a full eighteen minutes, I would have just put. A, I would just put all of the interview into this. <laughs> yes. I might try to put some parts. We had a link to. We had to put links in somewhere to, for people because it's fantastic for Joe. It's, for it's, Joe yeah. and for Joe and mom. Patty Horton. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta. It's required listening. Oh, can I tell you a funny, quick, funny story about uh, the wedding? I was talking with um, Talia's cousin, um, who you know uh, is awesome and worked in, works in like the entertainment industry. And he was like, "Hey, uh, I, I listened to your podcast. Like, did you, um, you know, did so, you know, did you, have you? Do you think you'll uh, you'll ever get the hang of of like the wrestling terms and stuff?" I was like, "Oh, I, yeah, I, I do eventually." He's like, "Oh, I only listened to the one episode." I was like, "There's eight out. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't you listen to all eight? Anyway. Especially because they get better as they go on, folks. I think so. Yeah. He I did agree. have a son at this point, and he had a daughter at this point. He had a son born in 92 and a daughter born in 93. He has another son born in 2001 and another, yet another one in 2003. Nice. Good for you, Mick. Okay. Well, I want to see Mick Foley and Shakespeare at some point in my life. Cast that man as King Lear. No. Did he did he do any dramatic? Um, did he did he work in entertainment like in terms of like make mo- do movies or anything like no, that? No, I think he was the first wrestler though to like have a book that was very successful. I yeah, and he probably guest starred on Nash Bridges at one point. Yeah, or like Texas Rain, like Walker Texas Ranger. And I loved, and I guess to, to kind of wrap up, I love how the interview ended with him attacking Jr. Yes, because it's kind of like this interview builds sympathy without sanitizing him. He's still who he is, and we need to love him for who he is. Yeah, it goes back to um, like the Hannibal Lecter stuff, right? Like, like this guy is always like you'll you'll develop 
sympathy for him, but there's always danger. Yep. Loved it. So then we go to Mick Foley, Mankind versus Jerry the King Lawler. I actually wrote UG, but this match, like at first, because I was like not excited about this matchup, it was way better than Triple H versus yeah, Ahmed Johnson. I agree. I, I, I was also surprised. I don't remember ever seeing a Jerry Lawler match that I was like, I enjoyed that, but he was putting in the work here. Well, Lawler's a dick, and it's great to see one of our favorite people beat up a dick. Yeah. Can I? So here is my oof moment. Um, during I think when uh, during the initial entrances when Ahmed Johnson and Triple H were coming out, there was a a sign in the crowd, and I was looking at it. I was like, it was like, it it, it was like a round face that had a crown on it, and I was like. That is a very poorly drawn like Ahmed Johnson. No, 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 no. No, I know it was it was Mick Foley because I I was just like oh that's a weird like it was it was basically it looked like a brown happy face but with like weirdly drawn in like like, eyes and mouth exact one. And then I was like oh my god I I feel terrible that of course it's mankind yeah like his symbol was like the let the 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 old Walmart yellow happy face yeah have a nice day yeah yeah. So, but but was I was very, just like, oh god, why? Did it's it? not really your fault. That was a terrible drawing. In that kitchen feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Lawler was a DJ, you guys. What? How many? This guy has a lot of talents. Can we just say, wrestler? Sure. Uh, commentator. Mm-hmm. D- disc jockey mm-hmm. and fantastic artist. Yeah, let's not forget. He's a very good artist. Boardwalk caricature. I don't artist. know how much talent you needed to be a disc jockey in Memphis, Tennessee in the, I guess, the 60s or 70s. I was wondering about that too. But I mean, look, you know, I wasn't a disc jockey. But you could be, Eric. I believe in you. Well, if anybody wants to take a chance on a... DJ Silver on the ones and twos. On an old uh, rookie. No, what was... Because didn't you DJ in Korea? I wasn't. I wasn't. I was a DJ like uh, for. I know. But what was your name? Uh, DJ Press Play. <laughs> oh, no, actually, no. That was actually a friend. That was. Uh, I was DJ Sellout. <laughs> but yeah, it was. Wait, you you confused your DJ name with a friend's DJ name? Um. Yeah, because they. I mean, I didn't officially go around saying who I was. I just. It, they were just kind of like you know joke names that we used. But then Eric, why do you have all these boxes of DJ Press Play business cards everywhere? <laughs> Among us. Oh God! Uh, and DJ Sellout, they're both. <laughs> it depends on what day. It was a misprint. I forgot what my name was. <laughs> I was promoting both of us. Um, let's see. Oh, I okay. So the promo. Oh no! It, it, yeah, it was the promo that Mankind cuts before the match begins. Again, amazing. He goes. What kind of king would you like me to be? Like, there have been cruel kings. There have been kind kings. What would you like me to... I was like, yes, man. Like, they finally they finally figured out that everything he says is amazing. And they just gave him more and more and more and time. All the puzzle pieces are moving now. You know what I mean? So, like, he doesn't have Paul Bear anymore. So it makes sense that he's alone. And it makes sense that he's, like, looking for understanding and, like, looking for connection with the audience. Like, the reason he's making a face turn makes sense outside of just uh, someone wrote that he should make a face turn to, like, freshen up his character. You know yeah. what I mean? Where now turns just happen like that. Like, mm-hmm. especially yeah. heal the face turns because the other way around is always, like, no one appreciates me. And that's always a thing. Mm. The, the, the fans don't appreciate me, so now I'm a villain. You mean face to heal turns. 
yeah, don't usually make sense, but heel to face turns are never explained at all. It's like why? Oh, why did yeah, Moses, yeah, yeah. They, got it. Yes, it's like they realize the power of the audience, but like this makes so much more sense. Like he had this handler, and now this handler has kind of abandoned him, and now he's sort of like lost and is looking for someone to take him in. I'll take in Nick. I would absolutely. I, lo- I the, the best, the absolute best. More object work from Jerry Lawler in this match. <laughs> oh, that Does thing he, he just keeps in pulling in and out. <laughs> that was like a phantom brass. Like I, they, I, I have seen wrestlers actually use. Like the brass, like have an actual brass, yeah, the brass knuckle they put on. But Jerry Lawler's like, don't eat him. Don't eat him. I'll <laughs> he, him all with the illusion. Do you remember when he was like, a bottle of Jack Daniels and a bottle of Jim Beam? And it was just two bottles of Jim Beam. And you're like, <laughs> come on, man. Uh, yeah, no, it was a good ending. It was fun. It was fine. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Lawler bit Mankind's ear. His no ear, which was very strange. Now, do you want to... Do you want to take a guess as to whether this was before or after Mike Tyson bit Holyfield's ear? Ooh, this would have been... After. After. It was earlier in the month. Later in the month, Tyson bit Holyfield's ear. And Tyson is a fan of wrestling. And Tyson is a fan of wrestling. Tyson's going to be coming... I know, I know. And so do you think that Lawler gave Tyson the idea... To bite Holyfield's ear. Wow, this podcast is honestly just about WWF truthers. <laughs> I've got the cork board set up. It used to be about the wedding stuff, but now I can finally use my yarn. Oh, I also wrote these gate spots. Jeez, there were a lot of gate spots. He just, I, I just kept every time his head hit the gate, I just kept thinking mankind's okay. head. Um, I oh, just, yeah, yeah. I just kept thinking, nope, that definitely hurts. Like, yeah, oh yeah, he. I think I think like the the reasoning that they were probably using at the time was most of pain comes from surprise. So if I do it to myself, I can take the pain and not and the surprise won't make it worse. You know what I mean? So like you can like if you just like hit your head, you know what's going to hurt, but you you prepared yourself for it. Except none of them knew what it was doing to their little brain inside. Well, also, Mick Foley is just yeah, he's like an extreme example because he really is like a glutton for punishment and like a total masochist and like does hurts himself more than anybody else, but does more dangerous spots than everyone else and all right, that, all that stuff. Also, it seemed pretty clear who was going to win this match. Oh yeah, yeah. like because I'm like we're not going to have two heels in this, right? Like, yeah, it was. You know, you're not gonna have Waller versus Triple H. Oh my that god, fucking would have I would suck. I would, but yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, but it's also really cool. This is the first match we've seen now with mankind in the face role. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 Um. Also, uh, Jr. says all the king's men and all the king's women couldn't put him back. Like it was like doing like Humpty Dumpty. I'm like, that's not how that goes. <laughs> We got some more gate spots backstage when we're talking to Brian Pillman. Does, can anyone? I, I watched this a few days ago. Does anyone know why I have Brian Pillman, Fister of Men, written on my sheet? Nope. Is it Fister or Fighter? Must be. Might be Fighter. I don't know what that means. He's a Fister of Men. I think <laughs> wow. that's that's on uh, Bobby's. <laughs> I, uh, I have a, I have a snapback that says it's actually what my snapback says right now. Um, I don't know, but he was definitely going to the Psycho Sid School of Promos. 
His eyes are insane. He's been doing a lot of Popeye stuff. He's like... doing a lot of something, that's for sure. <laughs> that is for sure. I loved this segment. I love Sneaky Stone Cold. <laughs> it, 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 was like, so it was like a Pennywise kind of thing where it's like, oh, the monster's behind you, but He's you don't get know him. yet. Oh, it was so it was so good. And then I don't even care about the the conveniently placed camera over the toilet when he gets there. Oh, I'm the like, toilet cam? Yeah. I don't I'm like I'm glad it's there. I don't care. I don't care how it got there. I don't care how you explain it. Do you think it. do you think Pillman was like, look, we need to use a clean toilet. It has to be a clean toilet. The toilet to- did look clean. It I, looked I very did kind of like it did look clean, but I can't imagine how clean could it possibly they didn't just like install. you can never that's what I'm saying. Like that's the clean that's like the my only definition of a clean toilet. Like a a cleaned toilet? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Nothing you should touch this ever. So I don't think they would like bring in a toilet. So I feel like would they have just bought a toilet? No, 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 one hundred percent no. I mean, they don't give them health insurance. They're like, put your fucking face in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get the coke after. Put your fucking head in the toilet. <laughs> Brian Pillman, drink your juice. Shawn Michaels called me into his office. Shawn Michaels' office is just a bunch of toilets. <laughs> Listen, uh, we're gonna we're gonna need you to put your head in all of his toilets. Yeah, they brought in a toilet. They have a toilet guy. They went through six different models to find the one that had the perfect head splash. Hey, this one has the least shit in it. You know Vince Man personally pissed in that toilet before <laughs> the segment. <laughs> Just to make sure. Uh, oh my god, that hurts. I loved it. Actually, that's what uh, Randy Orton does to all the new writers. Oh, 100%. This was fun. I, I, the segment was just, you know what it was? It was exactly long enough, and it was like exactly what it needed to do. Well, it, they could have used that note for a lot of the later stuff. Oh boy! Because Speaking of which, ugh, Crush versus Gold Dust. What no. the fuck? Like, I can't. Why are you even giving me Crush? I don't want him. No, thank you. No, I want a hard pass on. I, no, I'm gonna pass. No, thank it, you on Crush. He's not even pulling off like the the Nation of Domination stuff. Well, and that they're like. Well. Fun fact, his tattoo is actually a part of Hawaii. And you're like, that's not a tattoo. He drew that on with a permanent marker. It's <laughs> not. That now it's actually you're making it you're making it offensive. Like this didn't have to be offensive. Yeah, there's nothing to care about in this match at all. And I hate that goal. I straight gold does is the worst. It's like Oh God, like making like, out with my let me make out with my wife in front of the man has to be like, Well, you know they are husband and wife. Definitely Dis- not gay. Do you hear me? Not gay. Disagree. Natalie and I make out in the exact same way that the two of them do. <laughs> We have something I to saw, tell you, I actually. I saw that, and I was like, yes. Also, I will say that no one has ever looked more gay than the way he kisses Marlena. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, now I actually think you are gay in real life. <laughs> there was a there was a big pop for Goldust, though. I mean, I guess he's it's his face turn, whatever. Same thing they're trying to do with him. It's not as good, but they're pulling the same, trying to pull the same trick. I also wrote, like, why is this match happening? I mean, I know it's kind of a leftover from, like, Basically, Goldust has been in the Nation of Domination sites, but I don't understand what the mistakes are. The yeah. Nobody cared about this match. We shouldn't. Uh, D'Lo Brown got named in this one, though. I was I was all about that. Oh, yeah. I don't know who that is, but I saw it was on like Raw, and I was like, oh, should I watch some D'Lo Brown? Nope. I guess no. not. Yeah, nothing like a match with like a three-minute-long cross face in the middle of it to really get you in the mood. Yeah, I was done. Yeah, actually, I'd rather hear about what happened to Gorilla Monsoon. What like he's convalescing? They said. I don't remember. He's yeah, it said he was home. Um, there. Were, 
I don't know. He's an older man. Yeah. I don't know much beyond that. All right. Same. Then I don't care about any of that. Um, I did notice that when Gold Ducks, uh, Gold Dust was celebrating and they, they had the camera on an upshot angle. That dick uh, oh, yeah, yeah, was yeah. coming through that that the, that yeah, light pursuit. Like, it was weird. Giving me a lot of very weird feelings as a teen. Because um, like, I would literally do anything to see any any dick, any dick, what any dick I can possibly see. As an adult, it gave uh, me a lot of only one type of feeling. I was <laughs> pretty grossed out by it. Yeah, I wasn't into it, but I it was. Yeah, beggars can't be choosers. Sure. No, I get it. Hey, young Bobby was leaving a room full of boys to go uh, hang out watching Raw instead of hanging out with friends. It's true. Have you seen Scream since then? I have. Actually, I've... Uh, it's actually uh, not that scary. Exactly. I can do, like, the the the, the, 90 teen, the 90s teen slasher, Urban Legends, I know you did last summer. I can do those movies. Final Destination? Oh, only, like... Um, only like the first one. I tried to watch the third one, and it was too much. I couldn't do it. It's a little bit stressful. They actually. get known as they get grosser. Yeah. And I, like I don't like that. Legion of Doom and oh Psycho Sid had a promo. I didn't have a note about the next match because I was like, Ugh. I also wrote for their for their promo. I wrote uh, this is a lot of nonsense and screaming. Well, I mean, Hawk literally said by diddly do squat. Yeah, whatever the fuck that means. Uh, Sid is back to his the ruler of the world thing, which didn't make sense. The ruler first of time. world, yeah. Um, but apparently, it resonated with someone in the crowd because they found I found a sign with Sid, ruler of the world. Wow. Yes, I think I saw that actually. I I wrote that. I I might not have gotten this right, but I feel like I wrote animal space makeup makes him look like a dream catcher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sure does. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, <laughs> Hate him. And I also wrote down that uh, Hawk looks like he was probably a really good dad. Actually, I wrote Hawk is probably a really good dad. Then I looked it up and scratched out is and wrote was. Oh, dead. Yeah. All right, dead then. dad? Yeah. Dead dad energy. Um, but Hawk no-sell the pile driver the in the whole, middle of the match. This match was dog shit. And it's hard well, because... Well, hold up, hold up, Owen hold up. Is, Because Owen was, was doing his damnedest. That's what I mean. But for everyone to have a bad match with Owen Hart, it's like, right. you really gotta be shitty. He, it was, it was, um, I think there was a, I have a blown spot. There was like something where Owen was supposed to pin... Um, the finish the match was bad. The finish, the, the finish was terrible. It was bad. It's like he did the, he did the thing where he, I, I forget what it's it was. The sunset flip. Yeah, yeah, and then like he had to like back up and get and catch the guy and put him in the pin. Sid didn't do. Sid didn't fall with him like he was supposed to. And so Sid was just standing there like a fucking idiot. Yeah, I wrote Sid looked real bad. So in that. dumb. This this was bad. Um. Also, Jr. kept referring to the Legion of Doom as the Road Warriors. Yeah, they're known as. Both. I know, Oh, they are known as. Yeah, both. Yeah. I know they they used to be that. I wasn't yeah. sure if it was. So they were the Road Warriors before they ever got right. the WWF the yeah. first time. And Vince McMahon was like, "No, we're we're calling them right." Legion but of Doom. I, okay, yeah, no, I knew about that. But but just the I thought it was weird that he like that he was just using it interchangeably. Mm-hmm. It was like the team was called Legion of Doom, but they were called Road Warrior Animal and Road Warrior Hawk. Yeah, I know that's it, even it's weirder. It's very. I was I was researching this before. We sat down because I was like, "Let me wrap my head around this." Yeah. Um, turns out, and also I was doing that instead of watching this match because it was bad. Yeah, it was a bad match. Um, Owen is the best. Owen number one. Yeah. Let's move on. Sure. Yeah. To a really good match. Oh man! First I, of all, another mankind again. promo. There's a line from a movie I once walked <laughs> by. Wow. 
a line from a movie I once walked by, and then he quotes The Lion, the Lion King. King. Which is I just the can't biggest wait to... movie. I mean, like... The... But also the worst song from The Lion King, right? Oh, well, yeah. do you think he was going to be like, there's a line from a movie I once walked by, Hakuna, Hakuna Matata. Matata. <laughs> <laughs> Always be prepared. I love me some Lion King, and I will a thousand percent be there opening night when the live action one comes out. So get on my level. <laughs> this was great. I, I love this match. I thought the first... Three quarters were good, but yeah, the, it was it was it was good at the beginning. Um, but the end. Wait, strong I, arms by Helmsley. Uh, work in the neck. Did um, you wait? Did you, you said you thought the beginning was good? Was good. I thought the beginning was super slow. It's slow. Yeah, but, yeah, was, but they're building. Yeah, but then then you get to um, when mankind fell into the ring ropes and wrapped himself. I don't yeah. know how he was able to do that. Other than he's so fucking good, as we've said a million times yeah. before. But it looked so flawless. Like, it actually happened. He's amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I I really like that. And there was a point where I was like, now this is better. Like, mm-hmm. there's a... That was a very long match. And yep. I will mm-hmm. I, I will not... Uh, I, there was a... I, I watched that match twice. Or I, I, I started it again when I was, like, picking it up. Uh, after what, trying to watch it the first time through, because I was like, "These are two Hall of Famers," and it what like it was kind of lulling me a little bit. Well, Mankind's at its best right now, and Triple H is not yet. Right, right, and I was like, it was a lot of just like kind of punching and 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 like hitting each other. Not a lot of stuff happening, but then once they get outside the ring, things get. Much better. Yeah, onto the concrete there. This was, I finally noticed that Triple H had a whole bunch of braids in his hair during this match. Yeah, he sure did. I want, I'm not going to make the Caribbean joke anymore because I was in the Caribbean now and now I have. And now you're and now he's, yeah. 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 And now he's sitting Listen, here. Listen, it's actually really cool and it's not appropriation. But um, when, when mankind's head hit the rail this oh, time, yeah. that, was, that was like a heart attack moment, even though I know he's alive. He's alive. And. Okay. and Handing out the twenty four seven belts. Yeah, but um, what about when I, I wrote China with the candlestick at the ringside? It was a scepter, but it really looked like a candlestick. Yeah, it was, but it made a very satisfying shatter. Like whatever sort of like fluorescent bulb they used. Or oh yeah, glass or whatever. Like, it yeah. sounded real good when it when she hit him with it. It was really good. Then there was also uh, who somebody hit a photographer. I just wrote poor photographer. I th- oh, mankind got like thrown into a photographer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy looked like he took a fucking hit. Was that this one or in the next one? Yeah, I, it was this one. I think oh. it was this one. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. photographers in the next one also. It was a bad day for photographers, to be honest. <laughs> this was a really good match. I really liked it a lot. Yeah, that's all. I mean, that's all there really is to it. Well, and it's... the ending was so so great. Where with the no pedigree, one looks bad. and then he kicks out, and then he hits him with the other pedigree. Even in a loss, McFoley looked great, super strong. He looked yeah. like, he he looked like a winner here, even though he didn't win. I would I would venture to say if it were fifteen minutes faster, like if we could, I think we could lose fifteen That's, minutes from it. I think it lose five you want a minutes. Six minute match. It. How long was it? It was like twenty two, twenty three. Yeah, it felt like it was forty five minutes. Five minutes from yeah. it. Maybe. Okay, fifteen's a little bit. Much, uh, I I thought I was I thought I was cutting off about half of it. Maybe cut off a third of it. I'd be. I think I would have been more into it. No, keep it just the way it is. Beautiful. It was great. Stop kissing me. (laughs) So now we got to go back to Raw from May 26th. HBK and Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Owen and Bulldog. So this is kind of, we were alluded to it earlier in the night. 
Um, in the night. We alluded to it earlier in the recording that uh, Stone Cold and HBK had kind of been thrust into this role of unlikely allies that we see over and over again throughout wrestling. Which, again, I think this is one of the earliest examples. So I know, again, we're spoiled on this, like, uh, rivals forced to tag together and 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 tempers boil over like that's a tro- it's a trope we see in wrestling now but i do think this is the origin or one of the earliest at the very is it because it's a vince russo trope that it started and this is at its era it's like really his writing yeah and so i would i don't i can't say 100 percent, but i would say with certainty it's at least it's a definitely the, one of the earliest i mean i'll say it's the trope isn't spoiled for me because i feel like maybe what maybe i just wasn't watching enough wrestling to see when it was being done or to know mm-hmm. but because like i was like oh what is going on and then i was like this is pretty cool it's, it's like, really cool it's, it's a really it's a really cool thing it's a really cool. cool dynamic and the thing that we need to keep in mind is this is hbk's first match back apparently he found his smile it was underneath the sofa cushions his smileectomy it uh it, it happened when he sold off all of his chaps and his uh <laughs> his leather daddy hat <laughs> they didn't spark joy well some historical context here originally this match was supposed to be brett and sean like that's like where this was supposed to be heading but Brett and Sean as uh, as um, opponents singles. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The, this match this pay per view was supposed to be Brett versus Shawn Michaels, mm-hmm. but Brett did hurt his knee. He was fine to wrestle, mm-hmm. but he didn't trust Shawn Michaels wouldn't fuck it up. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the legend. Is that he just like that guy's a fuck up, and I didn't I don't trust him to like take care of my body and like. I won't get in the ring with him like this. He's he's not serious. This, he's not a serious guy. I'm trying to do. I can't do a good Brett Mike Brett uh Brett Hart. Because Brett Hart does have like a mumble mouth Canadian yeah. thing. He's not like uh, yeah. So, it's it's so, hard. Sorry, sorry. We should practice this off air because we're sorry, not Sean. No one's doing anyone any favors. No. <laughs> Though I did hear on recently on a Reddit thread. Oh boy, I love that sentence. Um, that apparently Brett Hart does this trick whenever he goes to this day when he like travels to conventions and stuff that he asks everyone for weed. Because he's like, I can't bring any weed. And then ends up everyone just gives him tons of weed. And he just has all this free weed. It's like a free weed scam he has. And he, wherever he goes. Smoke. I'd smoke up Bret Hart. Yeah, I don't know. He I'd be like, like, are you seems like fun the now? No. <laughs> can you be fun now? He would, he, first of all, he would call it cannabis. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to get some reefer. Can I, can I spot you a loony? <laughs> Good use of that. Thank you. Uh, I watched a lot of Degrassi. So, um, I, I mean... Watching that that match, uh, the first thing I was like, "What do you think Brett's coaching at the beginning was? Do you think he was gonna be like, okay, you you wrestle him and then you wrestle him? Like, what what game plan was he possibly hatching? This match compared with like the other matches we had to watch before, like in terms of the Raw, mm-hmm. the pacing was amazing. Well, this is known. This tag match yeah. is known as one of the best matches to ever happen on television, like on free television. That makes sense. Like, Which, yeah, this is this is historically significant. The Library of Congress has enshrined it as because we're also so watching, good. and we'll see Shawn Michaels and Austin obviously interact in many ways in the coming years, but they are both on a path to get uh, career redefining, let's say, injuries soon. Right. Right. Sorry, right, right. Spo- that, that, that's a little bit of a spoiler, but I mean, I know about about I know about Stone Cold's neck. Appreciate this because this is still when they're like physically pretty in pretty good shape so they're wrestling and kind of top austin especially is wrestling at the top of his game right now he is never going to be physically better than he is right at this moment yeah these two matches we're watching back to back are probably two of his best wrestled matches and so the match ends um 
Michaels hits the the super kick, sweet chin music um, on Owen, right? Yes. But Austin gets the pin. The Hart Foundation goes to beat the shit out of Michaels. Austin ignores it to so go good. beat the shit out of Brett. So good. Tracks. Tracks yeah. a million percent. Everything, everything worked the way it should. Which brings us to tonight with the first time that tag team champions have ever faced each other. Has that happened since? I'm sure. Probably. I'm sure. Because okay. they again, they'll do this trope. Right. Um, so to to begin with, we have a Heart Foundation promo. And or like haste. is it a promo or was it just like a In bunch of garbage? Haste. But they are like the heel faction no, happening now. I know, but it was just like they come out like Brian Pillman is literally just like he looks like he is like a toddler with ADD. He's just all over the place, picking up the lights and shining it and talking about a spotlight. Super fucking annoying. Not that interesting. They're all wearing matching leather jackets. Like they're a pack of bullies from an R gang short from 1925. Yeah. Uh, and then they just get thrown out and it's like, okay, whatever, man. It was a lot of just like him and Han. I liked yeah. Pillman through this. I liked him with the light. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I did. I was like, I guess he's, I, I, there was part of me that was like, I guess he's doing what he should be doing, which is making me hate him. He was doing yeah. Heath Ledger's Joker before that was a thing. <laughs> Some Brian Pillman's just want to watch the world. I'm not part. even gonna. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Why so sober? Oh, oh, yikes. I thought Stone Cold's promo was kind of funny. I was like, he doesn't really know what he wants to do with Shawn Michaels either. He's like, ah, yeah, I wanna. No, I don't want to injure him. Maybe I want to injure him. I don't know. Do tag teams have captains? No, no, no. no there are two guys. Well, you if you ask Owen and uh, Bulldog. Owen and Bulldog, they thought that one of them thought that they were the leader. Whatever. Uh, and then he goes to Shawn Michaels' promo, which. Mm. He also doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, and doesn't yeah, yeah. Know he ends up being like, I don't know. And I was like, walks away. I'm like, wait, yeah. what? It was ordinarily we do it, but since they want us to do it, I don't want to do it. I don't know. I'm in a tag team right now. I got my opponent. I got my belt to worry about. What's the answer? I don't know. And then he leaves. It's it. None of they're all they're all facts, but like they're not even strung together in a way where they support each other as facts. I mean, they did get over the fact that everyone's feeling very conflicted. Yes, <laughs> that I guess, message yeah. received. Did you guys see there was a sign in the crowd that just said, it looked like it said, AOL fears Bino? <laughs> and I don't know what that means. I, don't, I just want, I, I, I was going to live my, the rest of my life believing that's what it said, and I don't want to think about it anymore. <laughs> AOL fears Bino. Yep. And but, Is man, Bino a thing? Bino was probably holding up that sign. Is Bino like, a hacker? Like like, Bino, like zero cool, zero burn or whatever from the movie Miss, Hackers? No, I was gonna, yeah, I was going to say like it was, uh, it was acid burn. Acid, acid burn, burn and zero cool. Sorry. Mess with the best, die like the rest. <laughs> I like that movie still. Could Me watch too. it again. Shawn Michaels has a pierced navel. Oh, I don't. The, I don't know that, but it makes it. That makes a lot of sense. That is the least surprising thing I would ever learn. Well, Maybe have... he and China may have done it at the mall together. It was like two for one. <laughs> and Dave Batista was here to get his little uh, son around his belly button. <laughs> <laughs> little tribal son. Guys, how much did your heart melt at the beginning of this match? When the guy fell over the the ramp and and they stopped the match and like yeah. But also, oh my like, god, how they used it both so well, like how they 
psychically communicated mm-hmm. as to like what to do with this. Like mm-hmm. obviously it makes sense for Sean, the biggest baby face, to go over and help him. Well, can we back scene. yeah, we need to back up and say what happened. Okay. Because like um I didn't quite understand it at first and then I realized so So we're watching the match, the match is happening. All of a sudden everyone's staring outside the ring. You see like some security in the crowd um, and then you see Shawn Michaels is in the corner and he's like not getting back up and Austin looks behind him then Austin is just staring. And you can tell something's happening in the crowd. My immediate reaction is like, oh, someone tried to jump the barricade and now they're going to go beat the shit out of this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out it's a young man who they set up as a special Olympian but definitely like a man with Down syndrome yeah. um, who had gotten over the barricade and they were trying to help him. Um, Shawn Michaels goes down to help him Uh Austin attacks him a little bit, which I thought was fucking great. Yeah, really good, um, really cool thing. But also, they they did still both play it very safe and yep. like didn't put that kid in any danger and didn't do like they didn't exploit the opportunity, but they they kept the show going. Yeah, um, enough. And then Sean dispatches Austin and then goes back and like escorts the boy like up the ramp, and it was really fucking sweet. It was. Also, that boy looked like he got uh, he got very spooked. Like there was, I think there was a point where he was like waving pushing, off waving, yeah, yeah, yeah. waving off after his mom, either waving up, yeah. off like Shawn Michaels, waving off. Pete no, I think it something. was the camera. I think he was like waving off the camera. Okay, it's, yeah, that, that was that's definitely how it read to me. Um, but yeah, they just like ran with it. I mean, like that was it was a very real moment. And that was the start of one of the most fun matches we've watched. I would uh, say. Oh yeah. By the way, I want to note that um, this uh, this outfit that that Heartbreak Kid showed up in was a lot harder for him to shed than any other outfit. Like <laughs> it took him a lot longer. He was like kind of working through and had like eventually got had to get down to unzipping the pants. It was a lot. Here's the thing about this match: Shawn Michaels is not wrong in any of his grievances. Uh, Austin should have helped him at the yes. end of that last match. Like they're in yes. a tag team together. Is that is that what, what the story behind the match was? Yeah, it's oh. like, hey, you're being a dick. We're supposed to be in this team together. We have these belts together. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, okay, that makes sense. I wasn't sure exactly what the full story was, but that yeah, that no, the, his grievances are worthwhile. I mean, Stone Cold is not a person you team up with. He's a lone wolf, much like Baron Corbin. Oh, question. Oh God. What's it called when uh, when you send somebody into the ropes and when they come back you like bend over and you flip them like like a back body drop? I guess so. Yeah, uh, that was awesome. They I, basically the crowd was super into it, and every time like there was there was definitely the the factions, right? Yeah, and it was definitely more HBK than anything else, and and that makes sense. This is his first pay per view event before, but just considering how huge Shawn Michaels is and has been to this company for so long, the fact that Austin is even like a glimpse of that and not even just a glimpse of that, like pretty close with his, with the level of excitement from the crowd is really telling for who he is. Yeah. This yeah. Been great. I enjoyed watching every bit of this. I think one of my favorite spots was Shawn Michaels actually goes for a Fez press on Austin. What's a Thez press? So a Thez press, Austin is, it, Austin does it the most, which is like, um, you bounce off the ropes, you come at your opponent, and you basically like, jump on them like this. Oh. And then Austin usually punches them in the head. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Shawn Michaels went to do that to Austin, but Austin caught him and then hit an atomic drop on him, and it was pretty dope. To see. Uh, there was that, there was also, oh man, I'm trying to think of all the, all the fun shit that was happening. Um, Great heel work from Austin using the ring ropes for leverage. Yeah. I, I know in a recent episode, 
you were saying that that was something you hadn't noticed. Did you notice it by the I end of the night? I noticed it. It's funny because I was watching it going, oh, I guess Austin is the heel, but he doesn't feel like a heel. Like, he, you know, he, he's such an over heel that I was like, oh, okay, I guess, yeah, that makes sense that he's doing it. But it wasn't like, he wasn't doing it. It, it didn't strike me the way that, like, Triple H does it. Well, because Austin doesn't give a shit whether he's the face or a heel. He, all he cares about is, is beating people up, winning, yeah. and getting that paycheck. Yeah. Um, a lot of fun stuff. Like, a lot of, like, flipping each other off the ropes. Like, just, like, you know, fully out of the ring. And a lot of flipping each other off. A lot yep. of flipping each other off. A lot of stuff on the cement. Yep. A lot, a lot of, of cement stuff. Which I think is going to be in every show that we watch from here to eternity is yeah. someone's going to expose that concrete. Um, and I'm going to say I really enjoyed the ending. Me I thought too. the ending was I, yeah. extremely logical. I think having uh, a screwy finish is always a tough pill to swallow, especially when it's like coming off of like a great match. But in this case, I loved it. There would have been, I, and this is just me fantasy booking here for the third ref if they did a super kick into a stunner on the third ref and then went back into each other's faces. I agreed. I was waiting for them. I was wait- They were talking. And I was waiting for them both to be like, well, now we're going to f- both fuck up this, this other ref. Cause it was like, it felt like the, the heightening. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I, I agree with that, but like just the idea that they were like, you know, uh, the, the first ref goes down by accident. Then uh, stone cold, like has that full pin and then he gets upset, and then he just like does a stunner on that ref. Then uh, Heartbreak Kid does a you know does a super uh, you know super kick some it's kind a of super kick, but he calls it it's sweet chin music when he right. does it. That's does it to, he does it to the other ref, and like they just the fact that they just kept taking down refs, and I was like, okay, clearly we know that that they, that they can't just have this match get decided where you're like, well. Turns out, like, Shawn Michaels is just better than Steve Austin. Or it turns out Austin's just better than Michaels. So it really... I, yeah, I was fine with this. It, it helped everybody get out 100% with 100% fine face. with this. Yeah. Agree. I also thought the exit was super funny. When they were walking up the ramp, and they were like, you go first. No, you go first. <laughs> and they're just, like, walking up the ramp and looking at each other like... Is he gonna do something to me as we go? Like they just kept walking together. I was like, "This is this is very very comedic. It's very good." Yeah, this was the match of the night for me, for sure. Absolutely. As much as I loved that Triple H Mankind match. Oh, absolutely. This was great. One of the best ones we've watched. Yeah, this was. I mean, honestly, I think uh, the the promo, like Mankind's promos with this match, are like tops for me. I feel like. You know, if I, I would have, I would wish this kind of energy of this match on mankind after cutting the promos he cut. Yeah. Great. This is attitude. And then there was another match. <sighs> then there was another match. And should we start with the segment from the Raw previous? We should. So as we see the mon- the the May twenty sixth was it? Yeah. Raw? So it was two weeks before. Uh, Paul Bear reveals that he has. A secret on the Undertaker. He also reveals that he has different color hair. Yep. And a new skin color and yep. no mustache. And, and like he got some sleep. A lot of reveals. <laughs> He's got no bags under his eyes. Well, so yeah. So 
you want to go into to what he says? Sure. Because so I have things to say about he, this. I, I, even, I remember this being very confusing when, as it was unfolding. Week two, like having watched every single segment and recap shows on Saturday and like read the magazine and like literally all of the information <laughs> still being like, I don't get it. But Undertaker's parents died... But also, there was a third grave involved. Well, but Paul Bearer was the mortician. So he at knew. The time. And also the funeral director, but he also ran the cemetery. <laughs> but the, like, the insane level that this adds to the character where Undertaker, this orphan at uh, age... By the way, Undertaker has parents. <laughs> <laughs> like, Undertaker had to have his umbilical cord cut when he was born. But... Undertaker as a ch- an orphan child gets taken in by the local mortician and raised to become a wrestler. Yep. Yeah. Well, that look, he, like he realized once he knew he had a monster on his hands, he realized that that was his ticket, his ticket out of mortish mortuaries. Yeah. Do you think his, uh, do you think, how do you think Undertaker's parents died? Well, we're going to get way into all uh, of this. Yeah. Stuff. I was going to say petting zoo accident, <laughs> but okay. I guess I guess there's going to be a real thing. Um, oh yeah, this is going to be a thing for the next few months. Here, do you want? Can I give my prediction? I no. think you. Yeah, I think you can because I sure. think you know what it is. I don't know. Maybe I do. So, okay, it's a third grave, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what could that be? My prediction is that. We're not going to see any more fake Diesel because the third grave was Kane, his brother, who he murdered, and or you know he who he killed, and Kane obviously is a Walking Dead man also because Kane is like really is is I think he's the Undertaker's little brother. Is he dead? Kane? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, like the I I assume follow this through. So here's my, my assumption. He's the mayor of Tennessee. <laughs> How could he be dead? Well, Wait, people we have voted, people have guys. voted for dead politicians before, uh, and they've won the the mayor of the of their election. No, so I mean, isn't isn't the Undertaker called like the dead man? Isn't he supposed yes. to be a, yes. like a resurrected? He's a dead man. That's why he can't be the mayor of anything. Right. <laughs> He's Listen, the there's nothing in the rule book that says a dead man can't play basketball. No, he was born in America and he died in America. He can be president. Um, I can't operate on this man. He's my son. <laughs> um, but no, like, so. Oh, is this is the third grave for the Undertaker? Enjoy the ride, will you? But OK, <laughs> I still think this it's is not Game of Thrones. Whatever. <laughs> I think it's Kane. I think this is how we get Kane. We will all learn together, shall we? Great. Or or it's that we find out that, that Undertaker has been dead all along. I but now know. Paul Bear is calling the shots. Undertaker has to do what he says, lest Paul Bear reveal the secret. That's the other thing to find to, that I have a question about. What exactly has Paul Bearer like exercised over Undertaker at this point? Like Undertaker has the belt. Well, he's he gonna a wrestle. Of it. I think what they were setting up is like the champ makes the most money because right. he's a champ, and therefore his manager also makes more they're, money. Yeah, they're trying to get away from the like they're wrestling because wrestling, and try to get into like oh no, this is the sport of wrestling. There's stakes. They get the winner's purse with every fight that they win. They did talk about the, the, the more green in his pocket yeah. For, yeah. for Austin. Okay, so it's really just a a. a 
a business arrangement other than because like all the rest of it i was like yeah i don't know he just he's just like making him bring him around but yep. okay that's fine um i did like farouk's um from before the, i thought the pun yeah. about blackmail was really fucking great. good was wait great. what was it he's like you have to worry about paul bear's blackmail the only blackmail you'll be worried about is this blackmail right here and oh, i was like shit. that is fucking good yeah. i did i did that say is this good. is i did uh, i did just write like this is a great angle i like the angle of like you would be the first like black black wrestler to like have the you know to have the title and he was like that is a a perfect trajectory of what the nation of domination is trying to do mm-hmm. yeah. and i was like yes of course and he, he, didn't he say something like uh chances for old people and fools like i'm gonna do it awesome it was awesome. great. It was really, really good. And then I cut over to Doc slobbering all over Taker. <laughs> we love you. We've always loved you, Taker. No matter what you do, no matter what happens with you. Yeah, that was a bit Say it ain't so, Taker. And then Paul Bearer was trying to say, do what I say, and just goes, do I say? <laughs> Taker, first of all, I think it's important to say that I don't think there's anybody in the world that doesn't know that you're back with Paul Bear because it's against your will. You've been blackmailed into this situation. But from a personal perspective, and I think I speak for millions around the world, I think it's important that you do know that we have always loved you and we will always love you no matter what this horrific secret is. But how has this changed your mental preparation for tonight's title match? Get that Lazarus! And you, Mr. Microphone, you keep your nose out of our business. Let me reiterate one more thing. As long as I have that secret above your head, dead man, you'll do what I say, when I say it, and any time that I say it. And tonight's a very, very important match. And you're going to do what I say. You'll do what I say. Do you know what I say? All right, thank you very much. (laughs) <laughs> do us but i got like jack shit to say about this match oh it was bad rob actually, simmons is big um i didn't realize how big he was until i saw him next to taker who's big rob simmons. oh yeah, yeah yeah he's a big he's a big boy he's a big strong boy i liked um actually before the match the you know howard finkel announces the match i've never seen him look so excited i was like why is he so hyped <laughs> for this match this match is not very something to be hyped about howard finkel's voice doesn't really match his face it's a very powerful voice and he's such a small little man I don't know if he's that small. I think he just seems small in this land of giants that he's in. I don't think he's like a huge guy, but he's no like Tyrion Lannister or anything. Sure, but he doesn't. Wow, are we still on Game of Thrones? <laughs> I was over it. Um, he, yeah, I don't know. He doesn't look like the like Michael. What's his face? Uh, who does boxing? Like, let's get let's ready. ready. Tony Schiavone. What's that? Is that Tony Schiavone? No, no, Michael Buffer. Michael oh. Buffer. That guy. That guy's got a face that matches that voice. Yeah. I agree. Um, he what, should be. A, the, this is the guy who should be on the Micro Machines commercial. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He is the fast talking guy. Um, what happened to PG thirteen? Did they just finally cut bait on them? Well, big things are about to happen with the Nation of Domination. Yeah. And stay tuned. Fruks pile drivers look good. Pile yeah. drivers always scare me. And that's about it for this one. But. Then Ahmed Johnson comes out at the end to save Farouk. Yeah, it didn't really make a lot of sense. Um, I believe it's a, it was supposed to set up a Undertaker Ahmed match that never came to be because Ahmed was injured. 
What? I'm pretty sure. What happened after at the end after the end of this match? I felt like this. It kept going for like a couple more minutes, but I don't even. Uh, Johnson came out. Um, uh, basically, Paul Bearer um, made Undertaker keep. Oh, keep the hurting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Even though he didn't want him, but he had to. We still love you, Taker. <laughs> Johnson was at, injured soon after this. Scheduled to face the Undertaker at Katie and Stampede. Oh, okay. So yeah, I was right. Sorry about that. Thank you. Back, back to being Sorry, our resident not, historian. But this match was not very good. Um, the end. <laughs> I thought it ended again. It was hard to come down after the Austin Michaels match. I think. Yeah, this was a weird pay per view. It like, I mean, are we are we at the point where we want to review? Yeah, I, yeah I, go ahead. Uh, yeah, well, there were like two good matches. That's it. I, I don't think anything else here is worth watching. I think if you're going to go back and watch this, just watch Mankind and, and, and Triple H and watch um, Austin and Michaels and watch the four-part McFoley interviews with Jim Ross. Right, which was different. Which and was over different weeks. You could skip everything else. Um, and honestly, if Farouk was going, like, if you're gonna give Farouk a title run, it's a weird booking to book him against like a supernatural being like if you're like this is your chance to be like the first like the first african-american to hold the title you have to beat the dead man who has spats and and has a dark secret like what no 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 just it's also fucking insane that because like i always assumed that vince mcmahon just didn't realize that a black man had never held a WWF title, but 22 years ago, it's in the opening crawl that a black man has never held the WWF title. And it took until WrestleMania this year for it to happen. It's a fucking disgrace. Well, they also, they, like, I think at the beginning of this match, they were like, he's definitely playing the race card. Like, it's not the race card if you're literally saying nobody has ever held it mm-hmm. especially if you can write all the outcomes yeah like if this exactly because if this was an actual like sport then yes maybe his grievances would but like not getting a shot is one thing but no you are the one who's deciding who is going to get this and you have gone out of your way to decide this to be true yep yeah i think this is what happens when you have it's like it's it's very interesting to watch essentially like a blue lives matter guy uh who has to play all like who has to create all the voices on all the different sides and to watch how they how they try to do a straw man for the other side but they actually wind up doing like an okay job at it and still the conclusion is the same they're like you know like they're like, oh, you know, like they've, there's never been somebody, but and they're like, well, just the race card, like, doesn't like everybody else is on the same page. It's like how Daniel Bryan again was like, you know, a, uh, a, a an environmentalist and a heel, like they're all speaking the truth and they're doing, but they're doing it and it's all cast in this like super weird way. I mean, WWE. F has no business doing anything with race storytelling. That's like basically, I mean, with Farouk and the nomination, but also even what they were doing with Ahmed Johnson at the top of the show. Like both, like they were bad when they're dealing with faces of color, bad with heels of color. They just don't know what, they are just bad. 
All right. Can't wait for the next one. (laughs) We got a little more business to take care of. For years, WWE hosted a yearly award show called the Slammy Awards, and we end each episode of Hell in a Cell Phone with our own version of the Slammies in a segment we call For Your Reconsideration. I'm going to go with the Running to eBay Award for the Inflatable King of the Ring chair, which I want so bad. Looked it up. It was $59.99 plus $11 shipping and handling. It was a $70 inflatable <laughs> chair. That's a that's actually an expensive inflatable chair. I feel that's how much they were, though, at what? the time. What do you mean? Inflatable chairs? Like, the market for inflatable yes, chairs? Yeah, dude. Because I, I was watching this, and I was like, who want that? Then, like, all of a sudden, I have, like, a sense memory come back to me that everyone had inflatable chairs in the night, like, at this time. Yeah, and nobody had $70 to throw around on their inflatable chair budget. They all got them at, like, limited to, like, everyone had them. Is there, like, a scene in Edward Scissorhands where he's like, oh, just, like, sits down, accidentally pops it? It was Uh, a waterbed. That was a little bit earlier. Yeah. Well, you um, can get other I ones I'm seeing have... that are like $15. You can get a Target right now. I'm going to have to, I actually have to look up these. Can you show me a picture of an inflatable chair? Well, these are like high class 2019 ones. Oh, yeah, those are nice. But I'll show you like. And, the, and how much is that high class 2019 inflatable $30. chair? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, they, they've perfected inflatable chair technology, so the price has gone down. Oh, it's the 3D printer. They, they used to just look like this. Yeah! <laughs> Wait, show me what the what the King of the Ring one looked like. Do you have it? Yeah, I bought it last night on eBay. I'm nice. Like, I would be so happy. We'd have to like. That's what that fucking thing looks like. That looks so terrible. Seventy American dollars. <laughs> Look, there's the. The the font looks like SpongeBob SquarePants. Um, or just send a check in money order. Can you imagine just putting a check in an envelope, <laughs> sending it off, and hoping they send you an inflatable chair? Could you imagine going to Western Union and saying, can I please get a money order? Well, it has to be Western Union sponsor of the last few pay-per-views. It's like, well, I could get I could get a bunch of super soakers or I get that really sweet inflatable chair. Why not both? I mean, we're already going to see that concert for free. The inflatable free. chair is like double the cost of this pay-per-view. <laughs> That's true. To to buy and watch it or to go to it? Probably both. <laughs> well, I mean, going to the pay-per-view, we've we've proven that all you have to do is uh get a Big Mac and a and a and a frosty from Wendy's and they just give you front row seats. Or you hand out flyers in front of the Barclays Center and somebody takes pity on you. Son of a bitch. Uh for me, I'm going to give the slammy for bearer of bad news to me, because I have some bad news for you guys. Do my research on this. There was a segment featuring Ken Shamrock on a computer shilling the new WWF website, and they didn't include it. No. On what? This for some reason. And I kept going back, like, did I miss it? Did I miss it? And it's just not there. But it existed on the VHS tape or the DVD or like some other piece of recordings as I was like going through like all the stuff included. Oh, one no. of them was like, yes, then this Ken Shamrock commercial for the WF website. He's on a computer and Vince McMahon goes, very interactive. And I was like, fuck, I want to see that. Were you? Did you look on YouTube? I have not yet. Should we do it together like a family? Yes. yes. Okay. Are, they, are, they, are they cutting these things out now? 
I guess they cut some stuff out. I mean, the like, good thing one, is... This one had the Super Soaker Rewind, which was the dumbest thing, because it was literally 10 seconds of what just happened. No, we saw that. I saw Super Soaker Rewind. I know, but they literally just rewound what we just watched. Like, oh, literally, yeah. the, but not just the match we were just watching, the moment we just watched. Like, and it felt like a commercial. It was just very weird. Oh, I thought I saw that. Maybe that was on the Raw. They had the Super Soaker. Re- on the Raw, they had the Super Soaker. Was rewind. it on Raw? Oh, I can't. Maybe yeah. I'm forgetting then. Wait, okay. What was I looking at? Oh. The good thing is, um, they're pretty shoddy about about correcting all the things they want to correct. So I feel like we have a good shot at like still seeing our favorite parts. Hmm. Yeah, it's not. Um, yeah, I can't find it. Fuck. Here, Let's see. So sorry, guys. That's, that's a, my that's a terrible superlative. Bear of bad news award. At first, I thought you were going to say bear of bad news. Rawr. I'm the Rawr. bear of bad news. Bear. I like honey. I'm a oh. bad news bear. <laughs> also, I rear-ended your car on the way here. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but also, I think we could all picture it. Ken Shamrock is wearing a taupe turtleneck. But he's also he's... still wearing those gloves he wears on his hands that are like really big and thick, and he's just like punching the keyboard. He's got... He was actually no, pretty was good, good at the keyboard. He, he understood the computer. Yeah, Remember? he was much was better. Was he using than... his home keys? He's got what? Yep, he's uh, hands on the home keys. He's got wide eyes. He's it was looking... just Shawn Michaels who was hunting and pecking. Shawn Michaels like. Shawn Michaels. This who, is much different from my, my computer in my office. Shawn Michaels, who who studied professionally as a as a Shawn clown. Like my attic machine. Shawn, that's just another toilet. <laughs> Sorry, you're gonna have to put your head in my computer again. Um, okay, well it's my turn. I'm going to give the frequency award and frequency as in the Dennis Quaid movie. Okay, so there's. The, the frequency award to Jr. for reaching out from the past and literally talking to us in the future. I don't know if you guys caught it, but there are a lot of our like running gags are mentioned by Jr. If you didn't make this your slammy, I was going to slap you. Oh, good! You actually I thought ha- this is going to happen? I have. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I well, first off, I have stored up a slap to Eric from a slap bet like three, four summers ago. This is true. That is going to be epic on on air. Some point, I don't know when it's coming. You don't know when it's coming. We have to put all three mics together. (laughs) But at some point, you are getting slapped, and it was going to be for this if you didn't make this your slammy. Wow! Wow! Just just so you know, I didn't even have a slammy when we started recording. So I really saved my butt. Um, there's a point in the, um, in the Mankind match where JR starts talking about the odor of the glove Okay. That for the, for the, um, the mandible claw. And he going. just goes, imagine the, imagine the odor and like having that in your mouth. And I just wrote, we've all thought of it. <laughs> this is literally what we've talked about. Then and this is amazing. Mm-hmm. This is the one that, that Aaron would have slapped me over. Uh, he literally goes uh, in the match with um, with Austin and uh, Michaels. He goes, "Here you have two great horses." You know, it's a great weekend for horse racing. The final Tulip uh, Triple Crown was yesterday, and here you got two great horses. You got a thoroughbred in Shawn Michaels, who's won a lot of races, and then you've got that quarter horse. A thick, heavily muscled quarter horse. That's what Steve Austin is. And yes, he's going to win his share of races as well. No doubt about it. 
<laughs> he says, Shawn Michaels is the thoroughbred. Wow. Shawn Michaels is the thoroughbred. The horse kid. <laughs> this is amazing. Like, it's just, it's weird. It's on it. Like, the the, the glove thing that ever, everyone yeah, everyone's sure, that. sure. But sure. the horse thing? The horse thing? No, that that is your baby. And if you did not notice that, I was going to be very disappointed. You're, You're I'm, gonna then I am very lucky because I was falling asleep a lot during this, <laughs> this pay-per-view. Love us? Disagree? Want to hit us with an unspecified foreign object? Let us know. Email us at HelenaCellPhone at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at HelenaCellPod or each of us individually. Eric at Prime Silver, Bobby at Bobby Hank, and Aaron at SlowPass. Please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you again for In Your House 16, Canadian Stampede. It's kind of like widely regarded as maybe the best In Your House. Oh, well. is it? Yeah. Oh, I have yeah. to fucking pay attention then, huh? Yeah, it's supposed to be that. That so. Canadian stampede. <laughs> the Canadian butt stampede. Canadian butt stampede. <laughs>